Hello, and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63, Season 4, Episode 16. Um, we have another week, and unfortunately, we do not have more Ramblers basketball. Um, I hope I didn't fix it last week, saying that this week we would. Uh, unfortunately, our game on Sunday was canceled with Southern Illinois. Hopefully, they can make that up. And then our makeup game uh, with St. Xavier and NAIA school was also canceled. So, um, you know, hopefully better things are on the horizon. Uh, this week, we are going to have another interview. Uh, we are going to be interviewing Jeff Dinker from WBBM News. Uh, and he's going to be talking to us a little bit about Jeff Dickerson, uh, who unfortunately passed away um, about a week ago, uh, who was a Chicago legend when it comes to uh, broadcasting. So we're going to be interviewing him about that and just kind of venting about being Loyola fans. Uh, Lou, what's it like to be a Loyola fan this week? Yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely tough. I, I, w- I was going to say frustrating, but again, nothing Loyola can do. And to be honest, I, I don't. I would hope these teams like SIU and Illinois State, they're all trying to be safe. I don't think anyone's carelessly trying to do this to their team. So it's it's just really tough. I I would think that the fact that we didn't go through this last year just shows you how different this year's COVID uh, kind of situation is. Um, again, I'll have a lot of teams, so really interesting, really tough, but ultimately it's getting weird to not see Loyola basketball being played, uh, especially at the end of last year and into the new year. So, But I think uh, hopefully the team's practicing strong, but definitely, definitely a weird one to start the new year off. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, let's get into this week's episode, and don't forget, always remember, go Blairs. And we are back. So, uh, Jeff, if you wouldn't mind giving us a little introduction about who you are and why you are qualified to talk about this topic. My name is Jeff Dankert. I'm the afternoon editor at WBBM News Radio in Chicago. Uh, our uh, sister station, 670 The Score, uh, is Chicago's um, only all-local sports talk station. Uh, a lot of my colleagues have been talking a lot about um, the news that you uh, mentioned in the headline this uh, in this episode about the uh, the untimely death of Jeff Dickerson, and uh, a lot of people may know him for his work uh, covering the Chicago Bears, but he also has a fairly strong connection to the Loyola basketball family, and a number of well-known folks uh, in Loyola's orbit have been talking about him, and I've been putting some of that together, and I'm happy to discuss and share with uh, you and Lou. Well, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, first of all, for anyone who doesn't know, I uh, I personally don't know a whole lot about Jeff Dickerson, so I'm going to be learning a lot here, too. Um, I know if you live in Chicago, you, you've probably heard the story, and if you haven't, um, get your tissues ready, because it is a pretty sad one. Um, Jeff Dickerson uh, had cancer and unfortunately did pass away. The, um, I guess to just kind of double down, his wife, Caitlin, also passed away from cancer two years ago, uh, and they both left an 11-year-old son, their son, Parker. Um, and it's just a super unfortunate, you know, story. There's no getting around that. Um, but, 
I think a good way to kind of honor him is to talk about him and talk about how great of a person he seemed to be. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I, I know him, but everyone that I've heard uh, talk about Jeff Dickerson has only been positive things, just a lot about his uh, positive outlook on life, his um, his expertise at his job. Uh, he kind of rose to, like, a, a, a prominent position at a young age, it seems like. Uh, uh, and I, I just, I guess, kind of start there, Jeff. I'm just kind of interested, like, how did he, where did he come from? Like, how did he, is he from Chicago, if you know, or if you don't, that's fine, too. Um, and just, uh, where did he get a start? So, uh, Jeff is, was probably living, uh, and, and had the sort of job that a lot of sports fans in Chicago dream about. He, uh, grew up in Buffalo Grove, graduated from Buffalo Grove High School. Um, and I thought he might have been a Loyola grad given his association with the basketball program. In fact, he went to U of I, um, and, uh, began, um, covering the Bears for, um, the other big sports talk station in Chicago, um, ESPN 1000, um, back in 2001. So like uh, 20 years ago, wow. hosted a national, uh, show on, e- on the ESPN radio network, uh, here for a little while. He transitioned in 2013 to covering the bears for ESPN.com. Um, he'd been a, a producer uh, at um, ESPN 1000 for a long time. A number of tributes and interviews that I've read over the past week uh, have talked about how radio was really his first love. And a number of um, people in the sports media world have been talking about how he was not only a great guy to work with, he was a mentor, he was... Uh, a sounding board for people among the people who considered him a mentor, incidentally, and one of the last people who talked to him uh, or had an opportunity to talk with him in the hospice center was Robbie Gold, the yeah. former Bears uh, kicker, um, who yeah. considered him one of his mentors in the media world. And they are, were uh, very, very close friends. Um, I, you've also seen uh, tributes from uh, any number uh, of people, and actually the, the day that we found out that he died, um, I texted uh, my coworker and colleague, Jeff Joniak, who's the play-by-play voice of the Chicago Bears, um, and he responded uh, within a few moments, uh, very good man, handled life like few I've known, unfair, really unfair to his 11-year-old son, watching both parents pass in two years, uh, just sad. And that is the the common thread through a lot of these tributes, uh, apart from the obvious sadness of this uh, of this befalling this this family, in particular um, Parker. Uh, Jeff Dickerson was 43 years old. He would have had his 44th birthday this month. Oh wow! Um, and his wife, Caitlin, who you mentioned, Buck. Um, died February 2019, so now almost three years ago. She was 36 years old when she passed of complications from melanoma, and uh, Jeff had colon cancer. Get those screenings, folks. I think that's the that's one of the bottom lines. But one of the threads, you know, apart from just being a great, you know, how sad it was, was just what a great, uh, wonderful guy that he was. And and I, you know. Some of the other uh, tributes from uh, Dave Kaplan, who's also well-known in the Loyola Broadcasting Universe, um, he told the Sun-Times he was simply the best. When people die, everyone says nice things. He was truly that guy. Never had a mean bone uh, in his body. 
uh, I saw a tribute uh, from specifically from the Loyola men's basketball team, uh, which tweeted on uh, when we found out uh, what had happened. We're devastated by the passing of our friend Jeff Dickerson, who served as an analyst on Loyola games, TV games over the past decade. Our thoughts go out to his family, especially his son, Parker, and countless friends and colleagues, RIPJD, and a couple of emojis. One of the other people in the, in the universe, in the well-known in the Loyola sort of cinematic universe, uh, Porter Moser uh, shared that tweet from the Ramblers basketball team and added, Tonight, I share a broken heart along with all Chicagoans about the devastating news of the passing of everyone's friend, Jeff Dickerson. One of the most positive people I have ever known, true friend, professional, and man for others. My prayers go out to his awesome son, Parker. Um, and uh, one of the other really great tributes uh, was Marcus Towns, the former hero of the Final Four team, uh, tweeted uh, last week, R.I.P. Jeff Dickerson, it was truly an honor to meet you and your incredible son. Marcus was retweeting uh, a tweet from Dickerson from a few years ago, from 2018, when he took his son to a Loyola game mm. and got to meet Marcus and that kind of thing. When that was, and that was really sweet. And even, um, uh, we've heard, we've heard tributes also from Nick Schultz, the former, uh, Loyola Phoenix sports editor now at On3 Sports who said he was heartbroken. He said, I met Jeff Dickerson as a sophomore at Loyola through a mutual friend. We connected immediately and chatted at plenty of Rambler game. He was a huge help through the job search, even served as a reference for me. I'll miss him greatly. I mean, this is the kind of, and I've seen a number of tributes from uh, other sports broadcasters, uh, at least one uh, woman who I think is on the air in Minnesota now, who worked with Jeff at the beginning of her career, and he was incredibly helpful and mentored. And and one of the things that stuck out to me was a tweet from uh, Mark Giangreco, the longtime uh, sports anchor for um, the NBC5 News and also for Eyewitness News on Channel 7 here in Chicago. I encourage, he said, everyone to read all the tweets about Jeff Dickerson. The long, consistent, common thread is a noteworthy lesson about the kind of person you want to be and the kind of legacy you want to leave behind. And Jeff sure seems like he did that, man. Um, just a, uh, and had a, a shock to so many people. Um, uh, the Bears were kind enough to pay tribute to him uh, on the big board before the kickoff from uh, the January 2nd game against the Giants at Soldier Field. Uh, got to share the tribute with John Madden, which says a lot about the esteem in which uh, a lot of people uh, hold him. And in fact, all of the coaches to a person uh, during their media briefings the week before uh, the game um, took a moment to pay tribute to Jeff and what a great guy he was. And he broke a lot of news for the bear or about the bears. But one of the things that, that a number of tributes noted was that he never really made it about himself. Um, you'll be shocked to learn that a lot of people in the media are attention hogs. Uh, and it doesn't seem like Jeff was that guy. And that's, um, uh, <laughs> that's pretty unusual in our business. Uh, mm-hmm. and also it's, uh, it's a um, a trait to be treasured when you find it in somebody. So, 
Well, thank you for all that information. Um, I, you know, helped me learn a lot. But my, my next question uh, kind of does allude to that, that thing you ended on there was uh, how selfless he was as at his job and as as someone in the industry with with Jeff Dickerson. I'm just curious, like how um, like how he rose to his position. Uh, I know he he worked at Loyola for a bit, but if you could just talk about his professional career and like what made him good at his job. Um, I know, you know, that he sounds like the sort of person that took a lot of pride in his job and, and, and doing it the right way and making sure that he was, um, you know, ethically doing his job to the best of his ability while also being darn good at it. So I'm just curious if you know a little bit more about like him as, um, a reporter. When you see people, uh, Offering tributes to someone and, and one of the, uh, uh, again, one of the common threads is, you know, he, um, he asked tough questions, but he always found a way to tell a positive story as well. And I, and one of the other, um, uh, I, I think this was something Robbie Gold actually said that the, uh, the players all respected Jeff because they knew that he was going to be honest. They knew that he, you know, he wasn't there looking to like score points on them or, you know, use something to make a name for themselves, that he was going to tell the real story about what was going on and that they would always find a way um, to have a positive conversation about something, give the fans something to, to hope for, or, you know, even when the the season wasn't that good. And, and boy, Bears fans sure know they've had a few of those. Um uh, one of the, one of the other, uh, people who were offering tributes this week was, um, Mitch Rosen, my colleague Mitch Rosen, who, uh, runs the score and is, uh, kind of the, uh, big daddy of sports radio talk in Chicago. Uh, he offered that he met, uh, Dickerson when he joined us at WMVP, which is ESPN 1000, which is where Mitch worked before he jumped to the score. He was a pr- producer then with Mac Jerko and, and Harry Tynowitz. Uh, he worked his tail off to become one of the best reporters in the NFL. And I think that's the thing that's to answer your question. How did he get where he is? I think he worked his tail off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, when particularly when you're uh, a young person who really wants to, you know, hit it in well in any field, I guess, but in particular in sports broadcasting, where there are a lot of people and there's a lot of competition and a lot of people trying to be flashy and trying to, you know, do whatever. I think he just worked his tail off and, and showed through his work ethic and his positive attitude that he was um, you know, that he was capable of great things. And indeed, he was um, uh, capable of great things. I mean, in the middle uh, uh last year, um, there were a lot of tributes uh, to a guy named Vaughn McClure, who covered um, football in Atlanta for ESPN, died of cancer. Uh, Jeff set up a fundraising drive for his family wow. right around the time that he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and, uh, and that, and now, um, so the family, and we'll talk about this in a second, I think that, um, Jeff's family is noting they've had a GoFundMe drive going for a little while. They're going to end it shortly, but they're telling people, if you want to continue to remember Jeff, you can make a donation to the Vaughn McClure fund, Um, which again, it kind of shows where he gets it, right? Like it shows where he got his selflessness, his, 
um, his sense of hard work and purpose and, and positivity and, um, you know, I, it's just so many, uh, great tributes and, um, uh, and, and so many people certainly in the Loyola orbit and, and in Bears broadcasting and in Chicago sports broadcasting in general are really going to miss him. A lot of the Bears beat reporters got together on Zoom last week to share memories of Dickerson. It ended up being a full podcast that, um, Adam Hogue, uh, talked about, uh, that posted actually, um, which is, uh, which is super cool. That is really cool. Um, it sounds like he was just one of the one of the best people in the industry uh, for more reasons than just being good at his job. Uh, sounds like he was a great parent, a great dad, um, and just truly such a monumental loss uh, for everyone, for everyone involved um, that we don't get to continue to um, to listen to him and 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 read his work and all and all that. So. It is just really, really heartbreaking. But, um, you know, there is some good that seems like it might come of this. Um, and that happened or that uh, includes a GoFundMe page, which was started uh, from what I can tell immediately after the news or sh- short thereafter. Um, and like you mentioned, too, some of the good it, it's uh, notoriety, like and, and having people get screened. So. Um, you know, everyone out there, make sure that you're going to your checkups and, and um, all that. But if you could talk, Jeff, just about the, the GoFundMe page, what that's all about and, and how it's coming right now. Uh, I have the page pulled up right now as of the moment that we're recording this, um, which is late on the evening of January 3rd. Um, the fund, which was started by Jeff Dickerson's sister-in-law, uh, to benefit Parker, uh, the money will go into a trust and be managed by guardians and whatnot. Uh, the original goal for the fundraising drive was $100,000. As of this moment, it's a million ninety-nine thousand dollars. Uh, Fifteen thousand separate donation lines in the GoFundMe account. A lot of people have been donating uh, anonymously. Um, but there are some, uh, fairly notables. Um, some of the biggest ones, well, probably the biggest single one, the folks at Obvious Shirts. Mm. I think fans of this podcast know Obvious Shirts really well. Um, they've, uh, developed a line of t-shirts and hoodies, uh, which honor Jeff and all of the proceeds, a hundred percent of the proceeds that come in are going to, uh, the Parker Fund. Uh, that so far has raised $54,000. Um, the Chicago Bears kicked in 25 grand. The Green Bay Packers kicked in 25 grand. The Snyders, the owner of the owners of the Washington football team kicked in $25,000, which might be the single nice thing they've ever done. Um, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts kicked in 25,000. The Reinsdorfs have kicked in five grand. Um, Andy Dalton, the Bears quarterback, donated $5,000, as did Anthony Rizzo and Jay Glazer, whose um, father, Malcolm, owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he, Jay, is a, um, a personality on the Fox NFL broadcast. Uh, Mike Tirico, who does Sunday Night Football on NBC, kicked in 2500 I got tripped up by this one. Um, somebody donated $1,000 and listed their name as Norman Esiason, and I had to do some Googling. That's Boomer. Mm. Who kicked in a thousand dollars? Who's on the CBS uh, NFL broadcast? Um, Theo Epstein, the former um, Cubs president, kicked in a thousand dollars. The Loyola men's basketball program has also donated a thousand dollars. 
should you or should any of your listeners be so inclined, uh, if you just go, and I'm sure the podcast will uh, tweet this out as mm-hmm. well, um, if you if you just Google GoFundMe Parker, you'll get there. Uh, and I don't know how much longer they're going to take donations. It sounds like they're going to shut it down pretty soon. Um, cause honestly, how much money can one, yeah. pos- you know, can one possibly gather? Um, but, uh, beyond that, I think the lesson here, um, I mean, I feel like in the last two years or so, a lot of the stories that, that I've personally been doing and that we've been doing um, in our profession have been about loss and have been about um, things that, that, that we're missing or things that are gone or people who have left us. And, um, you know, and, and this is I mean, this is a particularly sad one. Um, but if there's anything to take from this, it's, you know, uh, get tested, get that colonoscopy, check with your doctor. Um, and just be nice to people mm-hmm. and, you know, cause that's, that's the stuff that, that matters. That's the stuff that's important is being nice to people and being around for your family. That's, you know, that's, that's what, that's the, you know, that's the object of the game, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all good, good information and good life lessons. And it's unfortunate that this sort of thing has to happen in order for us to all remember that, but Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can all remember that on a more regular basis and not need to be reminded so often by tragedy. Um, Lou, I know you're still there. Uh, I'm curious before, uh, before we let Jeff here hop off or sign off, um, if you had any more questions or any thoughts for him. And if not, if you just wanted to, uh, extend condolences or talk about Jeff Dickerson at all. Yeah, I think, um, I got to meet Jeff Dickerson once, um, even I think this was kind of before, the final four game uh, kind of run. So that was kind of cool. I think he was, he, he was around Loyola or at least connected to Loyola before the big runs, of course. Um, I think one of the big things is from someone who's not from Chicago, but just seeing the kind of uh, press box, just put up a little memorial. And I think they're going to enshrine or do something with the chair uh, that he would normally sit at. So that was really cool to see um, from just, just seeing just the amount of outpour, of course, with the, uh, kind of everything so really cool there and then yeah I'm just gonna promote it uh, I have a, a family member who had colon cancer luckily they uh, uh, got through it but they helped tell other people to go get tested so uh, I would say it's something that people might just not really think about but it's something that really could come back and I think it's better to go get checked early than anything so yeah but uh, go get tested and just remember uh, I really think that's what Jeff Dirkerson would want so yeah 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 I think you're right um, well, Jeff Dankert, any, uh, any last thoughts here, um, on Jeff Dickerson? Uh, get screened. Get screened. Get vaxxed. Mm-hmm. Stay safe. Good life advice. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, thank you very much for joining the podcast this week. Um, it's a slow, uh, week for us, so we appreciate, uh, your ex- expertise and your, thoughts um about jeff dickerson so thank you very much sure and have a good night okay you too okay um lou now i think it's time for us to uh do a little venting uh about about loyola basketball and our team which is what our podcast is about so as i kind of talked at the beginning of the podcast um unfortunately loyola's had now uh they haven't played since december 10th the last game they played was at vanderbilt on that friday night 
Uh, they have had games against Norfolk State and Davidson canceled. They have had uh, a game against Southern Illinois uh, postponed. That was this past Sunday, and that wasn't because of Loyola. That was on Southern Illinois' side. They then rescheduled for Saint uh, to have St. Xavier come and play, and again, that game got canceled because of positive COVID tests at St. Xavier. And then, just hours before we started recording today, uh, our game... Our upcoming game on Wednesday at Illinois State got uh, postponed because of uh, health reasons at Illinois State. Kind of weirdly enough, Illinois State's um, release doesn't say COVID, which is kind of strange. And some of the one of the Illinois State reporters that I follow actually specified that. So I again, it's, you know, just kind of a weird. I don't know if it just misspoke or miswrote or whatever. But um, you know, I guess we're not really going to speculate that much. Um, but man, it's just been, it sucks. I don't know if there's any other way to say it, but, um, yeah, if you could just, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking? What's going through your head? Yeah, I think it just, it's more than, uh, sucks as a fan, but probably it really just really gets annoying for the players. Um, and again, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if many people travel for Christmas and that's why I think it's really tough to tell people not to go home and see families for Christmas, especially these guys. Um, regardless, not our team, but even other teams. But I think it's really tough for our team because we just had our own COVID scare, right? So they mm-hmm. guys got over it and they were playing to play, and then all of a sudden, all all the even their two other games. So now, not only did they have to cancel two games because of their own actions of like just the team, right? But then other teams now are getting COVID. So just like no matter what type of breaks we're we're hoping for, it's, it's not really falling the way we'd want. But it is kind of crazy. I have to know. I guess one of the lighter things. Um, I've seen some tweets is we keep getting votes in the AP rankings. So I kind of laugh about true. that, but, um, it is just frustrating not to see gameplay. And again, I don't know if guys get tired or things just don't like, I, I, I don't know. It's really interesting. And then again, one thing that kind of went through my mind is, will the NCA consider this another COVID year? Right. Cause I don't know how many yeah. teams are like, what is the amount of games that if a team had to cancel on COVID because of COVID, that make it a COVID year. Like, I, will they do that? I don't know. That That's just something that went through my mind. And hmm. it's crazy to think about. And, again, like you said, we're kind of venting. But I don't know, Buck. It just, it's tough. Again, I think it's even more. It's even tougher because we, we scheduled this random game. Not random, but a really quick game. And then that got canceled. And you're like, oh, uh, what's going on? So, mm-hmm. but, uh, but you've made some tweets. And I kind of, if you want to talk about, it, again, your frustration. But I'd like to also get your take on the possibilities. I know you tweeted out a few mm-hmm. ones, but I actually was pretty much in agreement with a lot of those ideas. So what, what's your take on, again, the whole situation and what might come after? Yeah. Um, likewise, I'm frustrated, man. Like, I I get it. I do. I understand. I'm glad they're being safe. You know, there is a part of me that is wondering, like, oh, do they really not have eight players? And that's, a, that's coming from a selfish place, right? That's not – I'm not saying that's a healthy thought, but that's one that I've had is like, oh, are they just like dodging? Like, you know, like they just played yesterday and they had three, uh, Illinois State had three guys out, um, for their game against Wisconsin. One was confirmed to be a false positive and then the other two, uh, were over it. Uh, one actually was wearing a mask, uh, at the game. I don't think he played, but he was on the bench wearing a mask. So he's passed his five days uh, of exposure per the new CDC rules. So, yeah, there's, like, a part of me that's like, man, like, how how is that possible? Like, they just played the game. But 
Um, for the Loyola side of things, um, it's frustrating. Uh, I, I wish they could have played that game on Sunday. I think I'd feel a little bit better if they would have got out there and been able to, you know, run a game. And I'm sure these guys are just so it like itching to get on the court. Like they probably played and scrimmaged against each other dozens of times, you know, since returning or at least half a dozen times. And, you know, just coming from my own experience as an athlete, which isn't much, but, you know, once you start scrimmaging your own team time and time again, it just gets, it's not as exciting because, you know, you know, you can kind of predict, you can kind of, you kind of know what your teammates are going to do. And plus, like, you just want to have that camaraderie of us against them rather than us against us. So, for me, that's that's the big thing. It's just I, I hope they can get a game here, um, and we can talk about what the couple things I had talked about or tweeted about. Um, I hope they can get a game on Wednesday. I hope it's a Division One game. I, I I think that they can get someone you know relatively close to us. Whether we you know travel, I you know I'm this is me thinking just regionally. I don't know who's having games. I haven't really looked at schedules, but. Like a like a UW uh, UW Milwaukee game, like they're not too far, you know, a Horizon League team, so like IUPUI or, um, you know, we already played UIC, but like Cleveland State, Detroit Mercy, something like that. That's possible. Even NIU, um, like NIU, yeah, NIU. There. or maybe a mm-hmm. team that's not in Chicago that's not close, not still close by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, like the other option too, like like. I think it would be cool to get a really good game, you know, like try to schedule someone that's ranked or top 50 team. Um, I doubt they're going to do that unless they can get a top 25 team, just because I think they, they, they already know that they're on the bubble. Like this Loyola team needs to go right. Like 16 and two or only drop a couple games before the end of the year. And if they make it to the championship and lose, I think they're still in. So I think they know that. And and I think that they don't want to schedule um, a, middle tier team they either want it to be a game they know they're going to win or a game that they can afford to lose um and i think that also makes it a little challenging but uh, i i could also would also like them to play an a10 team um they have had some cancellations i saw just uh i think today or yesterday uh our a10 uh there's a a10 twitter account that was tweeting it out I'm not sure which teams, but I think that's Rhode really Island good idea. today. It was Rhode Island? Mm, okay, Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. I think Rhode Island today had um, had a cancellation. Um, so yeah, no, I agree. I you would think even maybe SLU. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's getting to a point where um, even you you talked about do we like I was thinking do we just go back to back to the back to backs? Yeah, yeah. Point, it's right? it, it's going to be. Do we rather just play the game or miss the game? Like, I don't know what, like, I don't think we should worry about us not being able to win both back-to-backs. But, again, mm-hmm. last year that kind of did a lot to some guys, right? You played a full game, and then all of a sudden maybe the second game wasn't, like, well, we, I don't know, we handily won against Drake the first game, and the second game we lose by one. So I right. can understand where that doesn't really mean the best maybe, but I don't know if it's even better to miss a game. I, I don't know what the right formula or what, what is the things that we're going to make the best outcome for our record when, when come selection Sunday about looking at a record? Mm-hmm. So. so Lou, like you mentioned um, uh, about the back-to-back games, 
Uh, I actually, we got an interesting tweet from someone who replied to uh, one of my tweets, and it just kind of got me thinking in a way that I wasn't thinking before. So originally, when uh, the Valley revised their scheduling um, policies to say, we're going to, well, first of all, forfeits aren't going to be uh, a loss. They'll just be counted as um, uh, like non-playable games, and they won't be a loss, um, and instead of that, um, they were going to try to reschedule games. And in my head, I was thinking, okay, like, the Valley's going to do everything they can to reschedule games, to play 18 conference games, and if that means eventually having to resort to, like, back-to-back games, or games in back-to-back days, that's what they're going to do. But the reply um, said something along the lines of, like, why would Loyola agree to play three games in six days? And although, you know, in my head, I I think if the Valley says, hey, Loyola, you have to play X team on X day at X time, I don't think Loyola gets a, a say to say, like, we don't want to, unless there's obviously, like, COVID cases and then they can't. But it did get me thinking of um, whether or not when the Valley says they're trying to reschedule games, there's a lot of gray area in, in that phrase of try to reschedule, right? Like, like, my thought was do everything you can to reschedule, whereas they might mean it as, well, you know, if, if it works out, then we're gonna, we're gonna reschedule games. If, you know, multiple teams have, uh, postponements, then we'll reschedule those teams to play each other. So, it just kind of got me thinking, and I guess we're not really gonna know for a while. I honestly think the first chance they have is this week. They could, theoretically, Loyola um, could travel or play Valparaiso at home or at Valpo because uh, Valpo's game with Southern Illinois got nixed. And then, of course, then that would mean that one of Loyola's games against Valpo would be taken off the calendar. But they could use that as a free day for each of those teams in the future. Uh, and even they can move, like, another game up. So, Say they take the first, right, like the Loyola at Valpo date off the schedule, which I don't know when that is. I can look it up. But they could also then move the other Loyola, the Valpo at Loyola game to that other date to like give themselves some, some freedom in scheduling. So I don't know, but I do think we should know within uh, a few days here how, um, if they, they're very active in trying to reschedule or, or not so much. Um, and that was just one of the things that, I've been thinking about over the past few hours. So, um, but does that, does that all like make sense to you? Did I explain that in like a, a logical way or do you have questions about that? Yeah. So the, the only thing that like I think of is, so my, yes, logically, yes. I, I think listeners might have to listen to it again, just to think of all the scenarios. Right. So it really also just depends on other teams as well. Like it's like, sorry, not just the t- opponent we'd be eventually playing, but like other teams, like, we couldn't play Valpo before Wednesday or even on Wednesday because they have a game against Northern Iowa. So they're probably either leaving tonight or leaving tomorrow, right? So they're, they're, they're already on their way to Northern Iowa. So my, my interesting thing is just for this week ahead, if yeah. people are curious, we're supposed to play Bradley at home this mm-hmm. Saturday. So <laughs> Okay, wait. So I don't mean to, like, interrupt you, but <laughs> I'm just looking at Twitter right now. And Jeff Goodman tweeted that Loyola is playing San Francisco at noon on Thursday 
at Salt Lake Community College. I don't think that matters other than get it's out a of here. Neutral seconds site. ago. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh this is the first I think for our podcast. But um well do you want to just completely shift gears and talk about that? My favorite part is we so we also just got tagged in a post that tagged yeah. us with John Rothstein. That's kinda cool. Yeah. Um again I that don't know really I appreciate you, Aaron Goldschmidt, for uh giving us the, the tag. Yeah, yeah, I guess okay. So, park the brakes <laughs> on us panicking. Apologies, listeners, but we got a game on Thursday to start talking about, and I'm actually so, very excited for this game. Oh, this is a fantastic. game. This is probably the this is third exactly best team. kind of yeah, this is top twenty five team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Let, I don't. They're not ranked yet, but uh, they don't have that. Do they not have votes? I think they have. votes. They definitely have votes. Let's look it Let's up. Let's check. I'm gonna there. check. One of the funny things oh, while yes, we're so, looking this up. Um, yes, you one of the funny things three votes. Sorry, I got it here. So they have three they're votes. Like, they're thirteen and one, but I know they haven't played anyone particularly good yet. Like I think they played, I think they played Southern maybe or like Illinois State or something. Um, but I mean, they're in the conference, they're in the WCC, the conference with Gonzaga, BYU, and um, who's the Santa other? Santa Yep. Yeah, there's an, is St. Mary's good this year? There's one of the yeah, teams that's pretty Mary's good. Yeah, St. Mary's is good this year, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. here, so, okay, so let's kind of backtrack. So this Thursday at a community college near you in Salt Lake City, we will be playing <laughs> University of San Francisco, the Dons, one of the greatest names, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And here's some University of San Francisco games that I think are important for us to keep a track of. Um they beat uh, Grand Canyon, or sorry, they lost to Grand Canyon by one. Grand Canyon's a pretty good. So that's team. their only loss, right? I believe. Uh, let's check their. Uh, they are thirteen to one. Yep, that's their only loss. But they've mm-hmm. beaten Arizona State, which we might know that school by uh, by pretty well. They beat them by one. They beat UNLV, which I think was supposed to be a pretty good team, uh, coached by the former uh, Patino at, from Minnesota. Uh, they beat Davidson mm-hmm. by five. That's the other big Ooh. one there. Davidson there for next potential. A10 teammate, but also the team that beat um, Alabama, right? Uh, so, yes. interesting team. They've gotten some votes consistently. They also beat Southern Illinois, you are correct. Um, and I know they just were, I'm pretty sure they scrapped together this game, um, their most recent game before the break um, mm-hmm. against uh, Academy of the Arts. Um, but yeah, their game against St. Mary's got postponed. And then, this is crazy to me. I mean, honestly, like, this is probably a super gut reaction, but I think as long as both teams, because uh, Loyola will have a game on Sunday, you know, fingers crossed, um, as long as both teams win their next game, like, before the next AP poll ranking, most likely whoever wins this game will be ranked, like, next week, um, you know, considering uh, both teams are almost, like, Loyola's of the 28th uh, team in the AP poll with votes. San Francisco is receiving votes, and people know about them because they have their 13 and one, like they're getting some national coverage. Um, so yeah, I do think like whoever wins this game is going to see them find themselves in the the back end of the top 25 next week. Yeah. So just for reference, because uh, it's not updated on ESPN, so I nearly had a panic act confused. But San Francisco also has they, they were supposed to have a game this Thursday against Gonzaga. That mm. game has been postponed, so that is why. Uh, the rush to put this game together. Um, so this Thursday, 12 o'clock, um, I don't know how many of us are going to be actually trying to work during the day. It's going to be almost like the, 
Michigan State game since we haven't seen a game in years, it feels like. Um, yeah. But that's awesome. Okay, so it's going to be noon mountain time, so that will be 1 o'clock central for all of us. But, mm-hmm. yeah, what a game. I think I, I'm reading tweets here. Let's let's kind of go through it. I think Yeah. I think Goodman is calling this um, one of the best mid-major games so far this year. And I think yep. it might be. Um, so, to be honest with you, as we're kind of breaking it mid-podcast, so apologies for not being as prepared. I think, Buck, this might be one of the better situations we we run into. Yeah. I'm happy it gives yeah. the guys a few days to um, scout. Now, again, this isn't this wouldn't be too far off from a conference game only having a few days to scout. So th- they're going to have enough time, in my opinion, to scout. Now it's how well they scout. But Buck, mm-hmm. what are we what are we thinking on your side? Well, I think you're right. I mean, the matchup is a top 25 matchup. I know it doesn't show it on the – it's not going to show it on the ticker, but this team, the San Francisco team, is darn good. They're going to get two shots at Gonzaga. They're going to get two shots at BYU. I'm pretty sure – I don't know the WCC schedule. But they have other games. It's like playing um, a Pac-12 team, honestly. Like, the the WCC is, is that good. The West Coast Conference is that good uh, of a conference this year. So it is really like you're playing a top six conference. Um, so that's, that's a really nice positive. So, you know, if we go ahead and beat San Francisco and, and then they have multiple chances to knock off very good teams. And as we've already seen, Gonzaga is not unbeatable this year, although they are very good. Um, but yeah, I, I like some of the tweets. I heat check, uh, college basketball, which is one of my favorite. Uh, Twitter accounts is comparing it to um, like a showcase mashup, which uh, for fans of like a certain age, I guess, like I remember it because I was a kid, but like in the, they would have like the selection show uh, people on and they would talk, be talking about like a mid-major matchup. Wow, say that six times fast. Um, and they would break it down and it was usually like one or two a week, but uh, I just think it's funny that they're comparing it to that. Um, you know, a lot, yeah, of, then, a lot of excited people. Yeah, and then just to give some, uh, I know we kind of follow this, so College Insider, who does the mid-major top 25, right, who right now we're sitting at number three, Gonzaga's number one. Do you want to guess anywhere, Buck, who's number two? I Okay, so this is tough. I, I know two and four are both are, are either Colorado State and San Francisco, but I don't know where they have them. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, is San Francisco second? San Francisco is second. I don't think Colorado State technically falls under their mid-major oh, for right. being in um, uh, what are they? I think they're in the. Okay, yeah. I, I think they're in the West Coast Conference. I'm surprised they consider that. I think it's because they have football, so maybe that helps. But yeah, according yeah, to College Insider uh, Top 25, it's Gonzaga, San Francisco, and then us. So I really do think the bug. This will be a solid game for us. And then I don't I'll, – I'll take a little just, – just some reflection on the rankings. If this mm-hmm. game goes the way we hope, uh, which I, I'll have to look at the stats now in a minute for uh, San Francisco, but I think it just will matter also how well some of the other top 25 teams do just to get ahead of the ones who are in front of us. And only reason mm-hmm. I think is because – not because if we even we get a win, it's just because we haven't played that many games. I still mm-hmm. think a win, though, would still keep us going uh, – uh, keep going us ahead. Um, so very, very, um, very excited. Um, I think right mm-hmm. now, Buck, if you want, I can, we can talk about, I'm going to look up some of the player stats if you want to talk about anything else. 
Um, yeah, so then after that, we will be playing Bradley on the 8th. So that is, uh, I thought we played on the 9th, uh, which is Sunday. So we're going to play this game on Thursday the 6th and turn around and play Bradley on the 8th. But I, I would imagine, like, part of today and, you know, these past couple days that scouting has started on, you know, maybe the next two teams they were going to play. Um, so I would imagine some of that's already begun. And, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to jinx it, but Bradley did not look very good in their game against Indiana State this past week, who was missing three of their starters, uh, in which they lost. So um, quick turnaround, but, yeah, uh, I, I think this is an opportunity you can't pass up. Um, definitely the third best team we've played this year uh, after Michigan State and Auburn. Um and uh just exciting. Yeah, this is this is great. This is what uh I think we were kinda hoping for. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think the one thing we can really talk about really quick with San Francisco is mm-hmm. just some of the stats they've been posting. So again, a team that's thirteen and one, uh so pretty good um competition. Not like amazing stellar, but I think a solid a resume going into again a conference that is at least a top top three team in the country, and then St. Mary's has been in and out of the top twenty-five um, this season so far. But they have three players in double digits, um, so seventeen, thirteen, eleven, um, and then they got a forward who's averaging thirteen and eight nearly um, for rebounds. Um, so really looking solid. Um, a lot of those guys. Uh, so you got a two point guards. Uh, so really interesting. Um, I think they're somewhat of a low-scoring team just because, again, they played some teams they put up 92, so I'm not going to be unaware of that. But if you think about it, like Davidson, they scored 65. Um, so that, that Against was, Southern. Uh, Southern, they scored 60. Southern Illinois, they scored 64. Yeah, the Grand Canyon game was 49-48. So yeah. even though they lost that one, their only loss, that was kind of a low-scoring game as well there. So um, really interesting. Um, I think that's going to be uh, – Really interesting to see. We'll be watching some tape. I'm going to be watching some because I don't know this team too well, meaning like mm-hmm. if this is a defensive team, if this is kind of a really fast-pacing team. I would say usually with the low-scoring games, especially I would say the Grand Canyon game, um, that they are probably a slow-down defensive, a kind of typical mid-major team. Um, but, again, very excited uh, to overall to see that. Um, and then just overall excited to see the team – Get out there and play, right? So yeah. they uh, they shoot a decent clip. So they got forty eight percent from field goal, thirty eight from three, but they're only sixty seven percent from free throw. Again, though we're not the best, so I'm not going to say, oh, that's terrible. Um, but um, yeah, no one really leading the assist category like we do. They got some guys who can make some steals. Nearly a guy making two steals a game. A few got two guys are really close to two steals a game. So. I would say keep that in mind, and they got um, so they got their forward averaging two blocks a game. So just keep that in mind. Um, let me let me see how big this guy is. Keep mentioning yeah, six nine. I have a so. I have some. I've been looking up some stats. If you yeah. uh, so Ken Palm, which is a great uh, just kind of general ranking system, we're ranked number twenty two. Uh, Ken Palm has San Francisco at thirty six. They have them as the 78th best offense, but the 19th best defense. And then the other website I like to look at is Haslametrics, which has us, I think, at 11 the last I checked. They have San Francisco at 53. Um, I think that's a reflection of them not playing 
great competition, but uh, it shows that uh, they're kind of actually toward the middle and like pace. Um, they're one forty fourth, so whereas Loyola were pretty much towards the the end of the spectrum there, uh, kind of a slow team. Um, they have their record quality though is the thirteenth best. I, I kind of think that reflects just the fact that they've you know won most of their games. They, they have thirteen wins, so I think that's probably what what's reflecting there. Um, any other things that kind of they they defend the three really well. In fact, they actually give up. So it says they give up the seventh fewest three point shots uh, of all college basketball teams. Um, and they yeah they allow uh, they it just looks like they they really lock down on the three point line. I don't know. Uh, yeah, three point percentage allowed is sixteenth. So. Um, it looks like we're going to have to work inside out on this team for sure. Um, yeah. Can't just, so, can't just shoot in three. Yeah, just interesting lineup overall. I think that's going to be um, who we play and also just who we haven't seen play in nearly a month, right? So this game will nearly be uh, a month from when we last played. So going to be really mm-hmm. interesting, um, but I'm excited, and I hope these guys are excited to actually see a game on the schedule. And I'll, I'll, let's just hope everyone stays healthy and everything, and we get to see a good game come this Thursday. And I will hopefully no one who I work with listens. So I will be probably uh, paying attention a little bit more to the game than work this uh, Thursday. <laughs> yeah, not much work is going to be getting done on Thursday afternoon. Sorry, employer. A, a late Christmas but. gift, I guess. I didn't think I needed it, but it's a very late Christmas gift. Yes, it is a late Christmas gift. I like that. Um, man, this is uh. It was good. I'm glad we didn't sign off so quickly. Um, it's actually really funny. I'll give us, give the listeners a little behind the curtains here. So we were recording and we got like halfway through, or honestly almost done. We probably had a few minutes left and, uh, my internet just like dropped out, um, which is not funny. And we were nervous that we lost the recording. Luckily we didn't lose the recording. And in that few minutes that it took, to get the internet back up, get our call back up, get where we are, all that kind of stuff. Literally, like, as we're recording minutes later, the news, like, I just opened Twitter just in case, and sure enough, that game was there. So it would have been worse if we had finished recording, I start editing, and then all of a sudden, like, this this news dropped. So, I don't know. I, someone was, uh, some, some rambler up there was like, hey, I'm going to knock out their internet s- signal so that they can get this in on the podcast. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I like it. boy. But, yeah, um, I don't know. Do you, do you have anything else? I don't, I don't really, I haven't looked at No, I at think it's, I'm, I'm just like so happy, but we, I don't really have anything else to talk about just because it's all of a sudden new, um, in, in, uh, in front of us here, but excited to hopefully, Watch our team play uh, this Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game, and, uh, you know, I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is, and hopefully it's a, a good game, and hopefully our Ramblers get that W at the end. So, um, Well, thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed our interview at the beginning of the podcast with Jeff. Um, I know I learned a lot, so I hope you did too. And then um, thank you for listening to us ramble about being upset about our team and then be overjoyed by some news. And that's, I think, a good uh, sort of summary of what it's like to be a Rambler fan this year. Um, So thank you all for listening. And don't forget, always remember, go Warriors.